Hello, friends. Welcome to Our Value, brought to you by IDI Distributors, America's insulation source. This is the Insulators Podcast. We'll bring you industry experts in building science, fiberglass, spray foam, spray foam equipment, business and marketing leaders, and many others. So sit back, relax, take some notes, and listen in to Our Value. I'm Travis Pancake, sales and training here at IDI Corporate. Alongside me, my co-host, Don Clymer. What up? What is it uh, that you do around here, Don? It changes every day, but uh, I'm the product and sales manager for the spray foam division. National spray foam manager, maybe? Yeah, yeah you can. Call you? I'll take it. Yeah. So, Don, what are we doing here today? What brings you to Minnesota? All right. We got a new hire orientation going on, so right. we're, we're doing that. A bunch of newbies up here. We're training. Then we're also doing podcasts, and I'm pumped about today's one. Um, we had this guy come to our national sales meeting five, six years ago in Florida, and I'll be honest, I was probably a little hungover that morning, and and they say there's going to be a uh, sales and marketing guru get up on stage and talk, and I was like, oh, yawn, here we go again, and uh, I'll tell you what, he got on stage and he started talking, and I started listening. It was It was good, it was energetic, it was funny, and there was a lot of good stuff on there, so you know, as we sat back and we're trying to figure out who we're going to get on the show and what to do, he was the first like marketing guy I thought of. Like, because after that, I started following him on LinkedIn and Facebook and everything. And he has a lot of good stuff that I think our listeners would benefit from. I mean, just different ways to approach things. Um, so I, I have a little bio on him. It's let me read it because I can't memorize all this, but it says here. David, one of the most in-demand customer experience and marketing keynote speakers and consultants. You're talking about the visibility coach. That's the guy right that there. Guy. Boom. It's me, but I'm supposed to be quiet while you do my introduction. No, remember Thanksgiving dinner. We're good. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, th- and throw my going. last name in there as well so they don't think it's just David. No, David. I was I was going inter- to, I had it all we'll get set there. up. Did you? Okay, I'll be quiet. You go ahead. <laughs> Is it bad for me to say that I was hungover as well? At your, <laughs> Were you? <laughs> No, I was a professional. All right, I'm going to be quiet while you Wait, get into it. No, hey, let's just roll with it because I saw you. Um, what, was it a recent one or was it an older one? You were doing a speaking event and uh, the music was keeping you up in Vegas or something? I was like three days ago. First of all, you haven't said my last name, so they can't like David Google me. Avrin. David, David Avrin. Yeah, so they can Google me while we're, they're listening going, who is this guy? No, yeah, last <laughs> week I was in Vegas. And most of the time when I'm speaking at conferences or working with teams in, in Vegas, I'm on the strip. But this time we were downtown. So it was at the place at the end of Fremont Street, which is a freak show, yeah. as everybody knows. I mean, Vegas is crazy on its own, but, but this was... Um, the the dregs of humanity in various states of undress. Um, but the music went to like one o'clock in the morning and I got to be up doing a sound check at like 6 a.m. And my room was literally shaking. Not shaking because it was a party. The party was 27 floors below. But oh, that's anyway, that's that's the life of a, uh, the glamorous life of people who speak and train and teach for a living. So yeah. anyway. So let me, let me just say this. Perf- yes. You know, serious, in all seriousness. David Avrin is the author of celebrated marketing books. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. Visibility marketing and his latest customer experience book, Why Customers Leave and How to Win there Them Back, is. was named by Forbes as one of the seven business books entrepreneurs need to read. Right there, up on screen. And I'm sure we'll That's have it. links in our description on how they can get it and go to you. Now, and- was that the one that Jeffrey Gittimer had to write the uh, forewords for? No, Gittimer um, wrote the foreword to uh, to my book, Visibility Marketing, and this was Larry Wingate. Now, a lot of people know Larry Wingate, who's just, I mean, if you could just get this guy to come out of his shell a bit. Now, he, he says it like it is. He tells it like it is. And I've been humbled to have some real giants help um, write the forward and promote my books. But but the point is in the books, and you know, a lot of people even struggle with books. It's on, it's on Kindle. It's on audiobook. But it's about you know, I think what works is what's new, what's changed, what's different in the marketplace. There's no shortage of books. There's no shortage of videos you can watch or Ted talks. I think those, uh, I think your listeners and your viewers and others, everybody's looking for what's that, that point of competitive advantage. What can we do differently than others who do this well? And that's what I speak about. And that's what I write about. Awesome. 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 So, so for the guys who are listeners who, who aren't familiar with you and gals and gals, that's why I said listeners, I corrected myself finally. Um, just 
give them like a two minute speech of kind of, you know, what you do, what, what the sure. main point. You know, I'm, I'm a 30 year marketing guy. Uh, I'm, I've worked with, with major brands, major organizations to help people who don't know who they are, know who they are in the way they want to be known. And I, literally taught. I mean, I, I look at speaking and sort of keynote speaking as, as teaching from the stage. I think there's sort of this, this reputation of speakers as being motivational speakers. And they talk about the mountain that they climbed or the Olympic medal that they won. And I have no problem with my, my friends and, and competitors in many ways who do that kind of work. I talk hard content. I help organizations, professionals, others stand out in competitive marketplace. And what I've, what I've come to recognize in the last couple of years is we're really in this interesting time of sort of commodity. Uh, there's so many who are good. And for those who are looking within the, the installation industry, no matter what, what um, specific area that you're in, there's a lot of other people who do what you do. And I talked to audiences. I said, there's not a company in this room that couldn't disappear from the face of the earth today. And despite some very sad family members and employees, the marketplace would not miss you. You are good, but you are not that good. You haven't created the cure for cancer that tastes like chocolate. If you had, you wouldn't have to worry about marketing or anything else. But what I've come to recognize is that today in this marketplace where everybody's good and we tend to quote or claim competency, right? It's our quality. It's our commitment and caring and trust in people and all the crap that everybody else says. It's not that it's untrue. It's completely true, but it's also true about your competitors. Right. People say, you know, you know, what makes us different. We really listen to our customers and we tailor our, say, come and we on. Care. Give me, we give care. me, or we really, everybody listens, everybody cares. Yep. Um, but what I come to really recognize through my research and the work I've been doing over the last 30 years is that today, I think the most meaningful competitive advantage is not just being good at what you do, but being really good at understanding what your customers want and what they need and what they fear and what, what is a pain in the ass for them. Um, and so I, I wrote this new book, which is called why customers leave. And, and what I've come to recognize is, is that the companies that win today oftentimes are the ones that are remarkably easy to do business with. And I don't talk about, I mean, to be clear, I don't talk about customer service. I know that the service with a smile, I think we, I think we get it. Either get it or you don't. Right. You're either wired for it or you don't, or if you don't, you're going to get fired anyway. <laughs> but customer experience is different. It's really how your customers, B2B or B2C, it doesn't even matter. Everybody's selling to somebody. How they perceive it was to do business with you. At every point of contact along their customer journey, were you, was it easy to get hold of a real person? Was it easy to schedule? Would you was say, it, are you rememberable? Are, are you, are you memorable? Are you, are you able to track? I mean, here's what's really crazy is we've always had to be really good compared to others who do what we do, right? We've always said yep. to be sort of like one of the best in our industry for the first time ever. We're being compared to companies and industries that have nothing to do with what we do. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Like we look at our app and we say, well, Uber can show me exactly where the driver is and what he looks like and what time he's going to come and what his, his license plate number is. Why do I have, why can't I do that with you? Why what? do you not know where your driver is? Why do I not know where my, my full visibility, my supply chain? Why do I right? get a service window between 12 and 5 p.m.? Right, right. right. <laughs> Amazon can deliver overnight and soon right. it's going to be 30 minutes. Why, why do I have to wait three days for you? Yeah. And so, I mean, part of it is just having a real cognizance, a real understanding that, that the consumer, the buyer has changed. And, you know, it's kind of funny for, for decades, we, people in business would always say technology changes and the markets change, but people don't change. You know what? People change and people have changed for the first time. I think because when you look at like the 12 years or so since the iPhone came out, um, I mean, oh, have yeah. we not noticed oh, yeah. that people, people have gotten a little more impatient, yep. a little more demanding? Well, they have because they can be because anything sure. we want. It's, it's, it's a click away. It's, it's, you know, Hey, Alexa order. Sorry, Alexa just came on in my office, you know, <laughs> Wait, um, perfect example. We were sitting here right before the show. We're trying to talk. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we're just warming up going back and forth and we could not remember the lyrics to fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I had it in five seconds. Just yeah. right there. No, you, you might ask, ask yourself, why were we trying to remember the lyrics to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? <laughs> and I don't I have don't, an answer. I don't, I don't have an question. Answer. I don't no. question that at all. Yeah. Um, hey. But yeah, no, we avoid saying her name because she comes alive or whatever. But think about this stuff that we can, we used to have to go to a store. I mean, think about this. It And this is really relevant for your listeners and for your viewers as well. 
we're sort of coming out of the age of the salesperson. I think we're beyond the age of the salesperson. And it's not to suggest that there isn't a role for sales is very important. It's just really different because we used to rely on salespeople to educate us about products and services and features and benefits. Features Um, and benefits. How much can we do now by ourselves? So now, I mean, I mean, you go back to, I don't know, like 1950s and 60s and 70s or whatever, we go to an appliance store, right? And some teenager or some old person who's been there for 50 years would explain to us this refrigerator or this range, or for those of us who are old enough to remember when stereos were the size of a piece of furniture, right? But we needed them to explain to, and if we wanted to compare, we would drive to another appliance store and then the salesperson would explain that. We don't do any of that anymore. You don't have to leave your couch. We just pull it up on our phone. Yeah. Right. So the, yeah. so the basics of, of competency, right. The features and benefits or the, or the financing options or the color options, we can figure all that ourselves today. The really good salespeople understand the pain points of their customers. They understand their decision-making process and their hierarchy and who's deciding and who else are they comparing it to and what's a pain in the butt in their life. Right. And they, tailor that content and that presentation and that availability to make life great for their customers. And, and that's a real shift because the, the, the power was all in the salesperson and now the power is in, in the buyer. So how do, how do our listeners, our contractors who you mentioned it and it was one of the first things I wrote down was a lot of our customers feel like they're selling a commodity, right? Nobody right. sees the insulation. It's behind the drywall. Why, why upgrade it instead of getting that big corner whirlpool tub that they're going to use once a year, right? So right. how do our, our listeners take that and apply it to their business? Well, I think, I think part of what they do, I think the most important thing is to move way upstream, which means the beginning of the process. I, I, I think, first of all, we tend to talk about, you know, that, I'll give you an example. I hear organizations all the time where the CEO will say, listen, folks, at the end of the day, it's about quality. At the end of the day, it's still about quality. And honestly, I could not disagree more. Really? At the beginning, at the beginning of the day, it's about quality. Quality is the entry fee. I'm not saying quality is unimportant. It's incredibly important. It's just not a differentiator. You better be damn good at what you say you're going to do. That gives you permission to do business in the marketplace. But at the end of the day, it's about competitive advantage. And that starts farther upstream. Like from the first time that somebody is considering buying or changing or upgrading or, or switching, how easy are you to find? How easy are you to get a hold of? Um, I mean, the, the, literally the greatest source of lost revenue, for those of you listening right now, if you're in business, your biggest source of lost revenue isn't your, your bad, you know, uh, installer who made somebody mad. It's not, it's the customer that you never knew about. They, they drove yeah. by and they didn't stop or they went to your website and they clicked away or yeah. they went to you, they called you on the phone and they didn't want to deal with your voicemail system. Those, I mean, that's by far the biggest source of lost revenue and most, and you have no idea who those people were but there was something that was difficult um, in getting a hold of you. I see this all the time. Here's one of the, and this, this will make you smile because we see this all the time. One of the biggest offenses in business is companies that, that literally won't let you call and talk to a real person or a real person isn't right. available. I'm not talking yep. two o'clock in the morning. I'm saying you go to their website. You just have a simple question, right? And in any industry and everybody listening, you've all been through this. You go to the website, there is no freaking phone number like yep. anywhere. I cannot find, right? I say this to audiences and everybody's nodding. There's, there's no, there's no, there's no email addresses, but what do you find? You find a contact form, an uh-huh. evil, wicked, horrible contact form because they believe the nonsense of some web optimization person or somebody internally says, listen, if we put a contact form, they'll fill out the form. Hey, even better, we can ask some pre-qualifying questions. Ooh, now we can tailor our, go. oh, Sneaky. now we're going to capture their information so we can market to them later. Here's the problem. We don't want to fill out your stupid form. Right. We just right. wanted to, we just wanted to talk to a real person and you wouldn't let us. And we wanted the answer now. Well, or just at least know when we're going to get the answer because we don't fill it out because we don't know who's going to get it and we don't know when they're going to respond. And I'm going to give you the analogy and it'll make sense. If I'm like, I live just south of Denver. So I live in Castle Rock, Colorado, out in the burbs on a cul-de-sac. Hey, I've, got some broken, I've got some broken sprinkler heads in my backyard. I think they did the aeration and broke some sprinkler heads. So I keep saying I'm going to fix it. I'm not going to fix it. So I went, I went on Craigslist 
And I found sprinkler repair and installation, like probably 20 on the list. And I called the first one, but I got a voicemail, right? Not, not here right now working in the field. I'll call you when I get back to the Did office. Here's my question for you guys. Do I leave a message? Yes or no? No. No, of course not. I just call the next other. one. Yep. Right. Yep. I just, it's just, I call the next one because I can. The contact form on your website is the answering machine of the internet. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Nobody yeah. will hashtag David Averin. If you're going to tweet that, that's mine. Right. <laughs> Street cred. I stamped it. The, the website contact form is the answering machine of the internet. People don't want to fill it out, but we think we're not trying to be a pain in the ass. It's just, we have made it more difficult. It's so easy in what is a commoditized business to call another installation, um, installation company, right? right? It's so yeah. easy to call somebody else. And, and the reality is there's so few opportunities to sort of get our foot in the door for a new, a new contract or a new somebody that, we want to, first and foremost, we want to eliminate everything that might be a challenge or make us um, unattractive, right? Anything that, that makes you hard to get a hold of or slow in terms of your response. In yesteryear, we would just leave, which is bad enough, right? But today, people feel this need, if not a right, to complain and make sure everybody knows about their dissatisfaction. They are going to make you pay because I didn't get a call back. Who do these guys think they are? I mean, it's like, come on. Yeah. Then they leave a bad review, right? Right. Right. Well, yeah. Yelp and TripAdvisor and Rotten Tomatoes and Glassdoor. People are weaponizing Yelp. Well, now if if you have a bad experience, it's not just, you don't just tell 10 people you put it out there on online and 10,000 people right. read that review. Right? Exactly right. I mean, that's, that's one of my, that's one of my mantras on stage is, is we grew up I with what we it. called right guest relations philosophy and guest relations philosophy says this, and you alluded to this time. The average person with a positive experience tells two or three people, but somebody with a negative experience tells 10, right? Everybody's heard some variation. You're right. Today we tell thousands. Sometimes we tell millions, right? Yep. It, it just, drag a paying customer off your airplane and see if that gets forwarded, right? right? See if that spreads. I got a question. So you said, you know, getting getting a hold of, being able, easy to contact. A lot of our listeners right now are owner operators, right? So they own the business, they're out there installing, they're up in an attic and they can't, they can't answer the phone and, and put this job on hold to talk to the person who calls. So what, what, advice would you have for them? Is it an answering service? Well, Is it Well, first of all, I'm going to challenge your, your assertion and I'm only going to challenge it because we cannot approach business like we did 10 years ago okay. or 20 years ago. We have to be accessible and we have to be accommodating. Even if it means that something comes on the line and says, so-and-so is working out in the field. This is Google something. I will attempt to reach the person right now. Please hold. And if it gives you 30 seconds, 15 seconds, to excuse yourself, to go in the other room for a second or have somebody else answering it who is a family member, somebody who knows. We cannot lose opportunities. If somebody calls, that could be a potential job. Now, I'm not talking about, and I don't want anybody being dismissive when you listen. I'm just to this podcast. I'm telling you the world has changed and that that customer who couldn't get a hold of you will just call somebody else. Or if you are independently wealthy and you can afford to not be available for people, that's fine. I'm telling you, like, I'm, I'm going to give you an example. On my, I have multiple small businesses and every one of them have a contact form, but they also have email addresses, cell phone numbers of everybody on my team. If I could have a cranial implant and people could directly access my cerebral cortex, I would do so because guys, this is my livelihood. I will this say, let me speak my to family. The, when I When I sent you a message on LinkedIn, and I thought, there's no way this guy's going to respond. Or, or I, I could go back and look at the timestamp. I would say it was 60 minutes or less. You responded. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, unless I'm on stage or I'm on an airplane, and now we can get Wi-Fi occasionally, unless you have United, unless you're flying United, then you won't have Wi-Fi because it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, hashtag David. That, that I'm going to get back. Hashtag David. Um, I'm going to get back. I'm going to get back to you as fast as I can. I mean, we've got, here's the other thing, because I work internationally and I've, I've spoken in 24 countries in the last six years, I'm all over the world. If somebody wants to have a conversation, right, we get somebody reaching out at two o'clock in the morning, they're in Singapore, they're in Bangkok, they're in, in Johannesburg. We're getting back to them. I mean, I, my alarm is on, my phone is on people. I saw something online, people saying there's a new app that if there's a phone number that comes in on your phone, it's unknown. It sends it to voicemail. I'm like, I would go out of business. Yeah. I answer everything. Absolutely. And yeah, there's a lot of spam and crap that comes over the phone. 
but this is still answering your question about those who are working in the attic or working. Yeah. Find a way to answer if you can. I think people understand. Um, even if you answer and say, listen, I'm in the middle of a job. Can I call you back in 45 minutes? The answer in most cases, sure. Yeah. The reason we don't like answering machines or we don't like um, contact forms, which is the same thing, is we don't know when you're going to get back to us. So oftentimes, um, or who's going to get that. So oftentimes, sure. we just won't do it because it's easier just to reach somebody else. I, I love my colleagues. I speak for a living. My competitors in this field are great. I have, I have competitors who are so good at this. And they're my friends and colleagues, but they're my competitors as well. <clears throat> Half of all speakers have just contact forms because we travel. It's insane. I tell them, and I speak at some of these big annual conferences for them as well. And I say, I want to thank you for all of you who have contact forms because you put my kids through college. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for your lack of avail- availability because here's the reality. In many cases, I have, I have talked to the client. I've negotiated a fee and the contract is on the way before my competitors even respond. Sure. Now I have a lot of service oriented um, people that I've tried to contact for work on my home, work on my yard. It's stunning to me that either half of them never get back to me at all. A third of them don't get back to me for days, if not a week. I don't do business with any of them. Now, if, if you're so busy that that's great, good for you. Um, I, I, I assume that most people aren't, those people aren't listening to podcasts because you're so busy in the field working 24 seven and your pipeline right. is yeah. full for the next year and a half. But for most of us, we are slaying the daily dragons to support our family, to build a business, to pay our employees and everything else. So I challenge your assumption um, or your assertion just because that's the way it has been that we cannot take calls. Um, I think we have to take calls okay. or it's or it's one that says, you know, um, so-and-so is working in the field. They will get back to you within five minutes or for please hold while we locate the next tell subscribe or something like that. Now, in addition to that, after hours, we have to have some kind of answering service, answering system. Um, there's people overseas. Uh, the Philippines yep. have a phenomenal service culture. Uh, you can get people three, four dollars an hour who will answer phones, who will do live chat features, all of those as well. But one of the things that I preach is you have to be remarkably accessible today. That's awesome. So that was a long answer. That was a long answer. I know I'm just saying. So when you, when you make those calls to some of these guys and they do call you back, do you ever, do you ever give them a coaching moment on like, Hey, listen, listen for a minute. I'm not going with you because here's why. Um, First of all, I don't, I don't often leave messages. Yeah. Sometimes it's, if it's an email thing, like on Craigslist. No, I mean, if somebody yeah. finally calls back to you, you know, when you right. maybe have already made a decision and you get right. them um, I, I always tell them, um, I, I've learned that, A, I don't want to be so arrogant as to think that they need to learn from me. Sure. But I always do let them know that um, I hired somebody four days ago. Ouch. Now, what I want to say is, hey, thanks for getting back to me so fast, numb nuts, but I don't. <laughs> Um, I just, just let them know, already found somebody three days ago. What's crazy is when I would do things online, like overseas, like designers on Upwork or Elance, or I guess Elance is, is now Upwork, Fiverr, things like that. I got people all over the world in, in Bangladesh in in Sri Lanka in India, it's three o'clock in the morning for them. And they get back to me within two minutes. Wow. Because, because it's their livelihood and they realize where their, where their bread is buttered yep. or where they're non- is buttered. It was an India reference to <laughs> India bread. Um, so, so yeah, there you go. So yeah, so it's, it is a different world. And people are saying, well, don't you, you know, cause we're, I'm doing calls at, at two o'clock in the morning. If I'm talking to somebody in Singapore or somebody wants to talk, like I said, they're from here up from waist up, you know, I'm yeah. in, a, in a good sport coat, but from the waist down, but here's the point. Um, I'm going to accommodate them. I don't expect them to accommodate me because I'm fighting for business because competition is tough. And um, people ask me, well, what about life balance? I'm like, they're not calling me every day at two o'clock in the morning. My kids understand that occasionally I have to leave the table um, to take a call because, you know, for them leaving the thing is no, your friend, you know, Jimmy can wait for your call. For me, I got a $10,000 gig and that's not going to wait. Right. That's going to yeah. pay for those dinners for the next two months. Yeah. This might be your college tuition, son. Yeah. You, you think? So one of the things that I, I, and I remember you saying it back in the day, but uh, you know, you, being very, very good at what you do is now just the entry fee. You've yep. got to be remarkable. 
um, that kind of goes inside with what you're saying about answer the phone. You know, right. it's your livelihood. Speak a little bit about some other differences that, you know, I mean, some of these guys, sure. they don't get it yet, you know, and so that's kind of why we talk about bringing experts on. You know, we talk, we want to talk yeah. to somebody like you that, that's going to maybe shed some light or, or inspire something. Yeah, the, the genesis of that quote was really talking about what we, we tend to do is that we make our marketplace, our prospective customers numb and numb because we tend to have competency-based claims. So what I mean is, we if I go to, for everybody listening right now, if I went to your websites, most of your websites, and I, and I took your name off the top and I substituted your nearest two competitors, three competitors' names for your name, 95% of what you say on that website would apply to them as well. Yeah. We talk about our quality and commitment and caring and trust in people. And that, those are competency-based claims. Um, those aren't about differentiation. It's not that they're unimportant. Let me be clear. We have to establish our credentials and our credibility and list the services that we provide and how long we've done it because we need to look like a safe choice. But the smart companies are leading with something different. And what's different isn't that we care more or we listen more, right? We talked about that at the beginning. Um, uh, or, or that's about quality or, or uh, here's the one I love is when they say, listen, our reputation speaks for itself. Really? You know what that is? That's lazy. That is incredibly lazy. You have to speak for yourself. I'm not suggesting that your, your, your reputation is unimportant. It's incredibly important. We just can't sit back and, you know, it's sort of like our reputation speaks for itself. Enough said, mic drop, right? Yep. Meanwhile, a very aggressive competitor is eating your lunch. I tell, I tell audiences all the time. I say, listen, there are people out there who are trying to steal your money. They're trying to take away your ability to, to feed your family and to pay your mortgage and send your kids to college. It is not personal. They're just trying to feed their family yeah. and pay their yeah. mortgage and send their kids to college. So all of that sort of lays the foundation for what do you do better than others? What do you do more than others? What do you do easier than, than others? Maybe you've done it longer than others. Um, maybe you've pioneered a new um, installation procedure. You're the first to, to offer this technology, or you can do what others are doing in half the time. Or because of a unique relationship with a vendor, you can get um, special pricing or faster delivery or faster installation, or maybe because you have a bigger crew and more locations and more trucks that your people can be dispatched for those who are just looking for um, contractors or others looking for supplies. Maybe you have access to um, being able to resupply them faster than others. Um, you know, in, in terms of our people, the problem is we can't claim great people because we're all pulling from the same labor pool. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. It's That's hard the biggest to find issue for us. Yeah. Right. right, now. It, it, right it, it's hard to find good people, yeah. but we're all pulling from the same labor pool. So, talking about caring or it's because of the special relationship. I'm not looking for a great relationship with my installation, um, installation person. I'm not looking for that relationship. Now understand the relationship can be important from a retention perspective. I'll keep working with people I like and yeah. know, and they've done great work. But the first time, cause right, this is all about getting up to bat. Um, give me a reason to choose you over somebody else. Because the problem is, and you heard me because I talk about this as well, the four, most dangerous in, the four most dangerous words in business are all things being equal. When all things are equal, when I believe that you do exactly what your competitors do, and in many cases we do, then I am hammering you on price. Yep, that's all it comes right? down to. It's, then it is all about price. Now, I hear this all the time. Saying, all they care about is price. Not true. Not true at all. Look for the differentiators. What do you do differently or better? Because this is all about initial trial. It's about getting that first client customer for the first time. And then you know what to do to nurture those relationships, right? We yeah. know because what I hear all the time is it's all about a bid. It's all about a bid if they assume you're all the same. Sometimes they can circumvent a bid process if, if they have somebody that they, a preferred vendor that they're working with or a pr right. preferred person. If you want people to, uh, uh, to recommend you. Once again, I just, once again, this is marketing. Right. right. It's, it's what do we do that's different and better and faster. So let's let's talk a little bit about that and, and your new book, Why Customers Leave and How to Win sure. Them Back. So you, you brought up the bids. You know, our, our contractors know they're going to go out and bid a house. Right. And they know that that homeowner is going to get four more bids. 
Okay, how how are how are they going to be more memorable, more set that apart, and you know get win that job without going through the features and benefits and this and that? Well, if if and and, and a bid is different than an RFP process, of course, right? Yep. So if yep. we're working with homeowners. It's, it's the recognition and realization that they're going to talk to others. So bring up the elephant in the room. Call out, now listen, this part I wanna be really clear because, because I'm, I'm very strong on ethics in business. We never trash competitors, never, never, never trash competitors. That said, you can always indict an industry for underperformance. As you're talking to that homeowner, listen, our industry is notorious for X and Y. Not, nothing that's, that's particularly demeaning, but this is the way it's been done for 50 years. But let me, let me tell you what we do differently, yeah. you know, or acknowledge, listen, you're going to get bids from a lot of other competitors. They're friends of ours. They're so many others are really good at what they do. And almost all of them could do a fine job. Let me tell you what we do that nobody else does. Let me tell you what we do differently. Let me tell you about our unique, um, you know, pink install 5,000 platinum, you know, something uh, visibility plan yeah. where we actually have an app that you can watch live footage of our this, or you can track exactly the, the progress. You see what we see. We'll give you before and after pictures. We will do readings of, of, of energy leakage and X and this and before. Now, some smart companies are already doing all of this, but if you paint the marketplace as generalists, and position yourself as a specialist, you have a more meaningful conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right, specificity leads to credibility. The more specific things that we do that the others aren't going to do, don't say it's because they don't care, because that's not true. I hear that they don't care about the little guy, they don't care about custom orders, they just, it's like, stop it. You can say, they're not gonna do X and Y because that's not their model, right? You accomplish, listen, you're gonna get a lot of other bids, they're not gonna do this and this and this, listen for this, watch for these things. It's not their model. Here's why we've been around for the last 50 years, right? Or listen, we've been we've been doing this for over a quarter century. We've watched competitors come and go. So and so gone, so and so bankrupt, so and so left the market, so and so got bought up. There's a reason why we're still here. Here's what we do. We are here generation after. We are here we will be here next year. If you have issues, if you have questions, if you have upgrades, we're going to be here because we've been here year after year after year. So that, here's that's why a great point. And I, I don't know if it was in one of the books I read or on one of your marketing minutes, but you talk about future proofing your business. Yeah. yeah. And and so for the companies who haven't been here for 50 years, they don't have that legacy there because we have a lot sure. of listeners out there right now who are just getting into this business. They're, they bought their first spray foam rig. They bought their first blow machine and they're in business one to three years. Sure. Explain future proofing your business and how to go about doing it and the benefits of it. Got you we right as this, you took a do, drink. That's <laughs> right. I'm just drinking my my obsession of Coke Zero. Coke Zero. It's refreshing. Just look what I see. The things I do to try to get sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get sponsors here. Um, it doesn't matter for those who are newer in business. Listen, there, I I can come up with competitive advantages for everybody. Paint the industry is antiquated. Here's the way it's been done for the last 50 years. We have a new state-of-the-art blow truck, foam install, XY. I don't know all the, the lingo. Yeah. It's, not, yep. it's not my industry, right? But here's how it used to be done. Nobody wants to do it the old way if there is a new way. Now, we're not going to buy shiny or because it's shiny. But if we say, here's a better way. It's, it's a third of the cost. It's twice the R value. This thing is, we, listen, we've got competitors who did installs 10 years ago that's, that need to be replaced today. Yeah. This is gonna last you the next 40 years. Um, there's something attractive about sort of the, the new better way. Listen, I would even say it this way. Listen, everybody's gonna do it this way in the future. You gain a competitive advantage in, in saving money in your business, in your, in your strip mall, in your home or whatever else by working with us today. This He's is the way, pioneer. this is the same pitch that I got we built our house and they convinced me to spend a fortune putting tech ports in every room, cat five cabling, this and this, you're going to yeah. future proof your oh, home. Yeah. Everybody else, when you go to sell this thing 15 years from now, you've are you kidding? Everything's wireless now. It's Bluetooth. so completely outdated, right? Uh -huh. but, it, but it was very convincing because future proofing, I think to answer your question also is saying, is asking the question, how are people going to want to do business with us next year? or the year after, can we start putting initiatives in place? Are they gonna be able to, are they gonna want more interaction? Are they gonna want less? Are they gonna to want to be able to get um, estimates over the phone? 
right? You got to start seeing trends now and prepare for it. Absolutely. Start getting ready. Look at some other industries. There was one I was talking to a group that did, um, it was a moving company. And some of the big innovations that are coming down the pike for moving companies is being able to do estimates, accurate estimates on an app where the homeowner literally walks around the house. I did it. Did you do that? Yeah. We just sold a house in Louisiana and moved to Colorado Springs. So we're neighbors. And uh, the, I can't remember which company it was, but you know, every, the first two people I called were like, Hey, we'll schedule an appointment between this and this. And then the third one I called said, well, let's do a FaceTime or whatever it was. And boom, I walked around the house, got a quote right there. It was amazing. Absolutely. They didn't have to send somebody out. You didn't have to wait yep. days. It was probably within within five minutes yep. of seeing all of that. Right? So good you don't remember their name. <laughs> I, went, I, I went the I, cheap route. I, can't, I, I keynoted this in this new technology, specific technology that I cannot talk about because I honor my uh, my client's confidentiality, but you'll hear about it and yep. then I'll be able to talk about it at that point. I didn't realize you were in Colorado Springs. You're just down the road from yeah, me. Yeah, just moved there in June. It is a, It is a beautiful place to be at the foot of Pikes Peak. Oh, gorgeous. We love Isn't it up there. Great? Yeah. Yeah. So our contractors, while they're out on the job, experience yeah. a lot of things that could, they could fall through the ceiling. Um, they could, you know, the equipment breaks down, their guy doesn't show up. How do you talk about how to pre- prepare for the unexpected and, and what message to send to the, the homeowner while they're out there or the builder on why they didn't get the job done? Is there a good way to do that? Sure, there is. And and once again, in my book, Why Customers Leave and How to Win Them Back, there it is. Um, I talk about 23 different reasons. And one of them was, was well, two of them. One was talking about transparency and the other one was talking about, about just tell us what you know. I mean, there's a whole chapter. It actually had a big argument with my editor on this because they wanted me to change the name and I, and I didn't. And the chapter is called Don't Pee on My Leg and Tell Me It's Rain. Right? <laughs> Did you use one of my favorite? They found that highly offensive. I'm like, come on, <laughs> pee, pee isn't. I can come up with a lot more things that yeah. are more offensive. But the whole idea was, was just tell me the truth. I mean, I, I, I had a client this week. Um, I went and spoke and they were supposed to have a, they were supposed to have a check for me after I got done presenting for the conference and they didn't. And they said, Oh no, no, we sent it um, uh, three days ago. And then the following week, Oh, it didn't get sent. It turns out it didn't get to our accounts payable person, but it will go out this week. And you want know, to get ready to travel for a couple of weeks. And then, Oh, you know what? It's like, come on. You know, we, yeah. we all know, organizations that have cash flow problems or they're aging their, their payables, whatever, just tell me the truth. Right. We're, we're pretty, we're, we're grownups. We can take that. And so I think to answer your question about when things go awry in the field, which they do, I think, I think transparency is, is not only the, uh, the, the best policy. I think today it's almost the only policy because people are pretty jaded. I think we, we can be pretty cynical. And if we think we're getting the runaround, not only do we, do we get frustrated at our, our vendor or our, our installer or anybody else? But once again, we go online. Um, I found this great slide. It was the marquee of a gas station in a busy intersection. And it says on the marquee, it says, ask how bad my Lowe's in fence install is going. <laughs> wow. Like 10,000 cars a day oh, are yeah. driving by yeah. when, when the reality is if they said, listen, we've got, we ordered some wrong materials. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do to make it right. You know, or something else. We had a problem with our person. I'm going to personally come to the job site tomorrow to make sure that it's on track. Um, we're going to give you dinner for two at, or dinner for four at Chili's to make up for your inconvenience. Any of those things to placate people because we have to do that more than ever. So I, things do go awry. Do you and recommend? Do you recommend going over what the potential pitfalls could be before you go into a job, or do you leave that out? Um, no, I, I, I would absolutely do it. I don't know that I would go through it all before I signed a contract. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, no, but listen, now I'm that not, I've got your money, be, here's what I'm not tre- trying to be unethical. Just saying, here's the reality yeah. is, I mean, if we're still fighting for the job, we, sh- we put on our best face. You know, when you're, when you're dating somebody for the first time, you're not going to say, oh, by the way, I just want to let you know, I tend to get pretty gassy when I have <laughs> lac- lactose. I tend to, no, you put on the best one and just right. say, all right, well, let's keep it real. At, you know, as you're working out the schedule, just understand that here's what we're going to do. We have no control over X or Y. We're going to do everything we can. But the reality is the issues that we face is what everyone in our industry faces as well. You know, painted as, a, as an industry issue. So it's not about your company. But we know oftentimes is how do we handle things that don't go well plays a significant part 
in whether somebody's going to want to do business with us again. Just tell us the truth. We're, yeah. we're big kids. Well, it gets back to the Yelp reviews, right? Now the bad news is going to be spread. Yeah. I mean, Yelp is, Yelp is evil. I mean, people are weaponizing Yelp. Um, oh, there's a yeah. new movie coming out. There's a new documentary called Bully. Really? Wait, you wait till you see what's happening with Yelp. Oh, they're horrible horrible stuff because we have no control over what people say, whether it's yeah. true or not. Right. There is no filter. Um, they push you to pay for good reviews. You say you're not going to pay. And all of a sudden your good reviews are buried. It's, it's a racket. How much Conder, do you, how much social media in, in itself? Oh, anyway. absolutely. How, how, how much should you trust those type of reviews? Well, I think people that it, it doesn't matter whether you, whether you, whether we believe them or not. Yeah. yeah, it's called social proof, and people will trust those over your own ads, over your own website. So part of the way we affect that is by by pushing some of those negative reviews lower by flooding it with positive oh, reviews yeah. that are accurate. When somebody has a good experience, they like it. Um, ask them, would you would you say a few things? Would you please go on, <clears throat> put it up on your phone right now, hand it to them right then, just say, say, oh yeah, I'll go do that later. Have them do it right then and there. Incentivize it. You know what? If you'll if you'll leave us a, a, a review, if you had a good experience, you know, tell people don't don't be dishonest. But if you had a good experience, please do that. I, there's a whole line that says that the behavior that's recognized and rewarded is the behavior that's repeated. Yeah. So recognize yeah. it, reward it, Thank ask God. people because because ne- reviews are always going to be skewed negative. The people who were satisfied are satisfied and they go away. Sure. The people who are unhappy, they go online and they're going to hurt you. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. It's it's horrible. So in in their books, the, it's not who you know, it's who knows you and visibility marketing and why customers leave and how to win Thank them back. Thank you for listing all of those. I appreciate that very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Do they have to read them in order? <laughs> no, they're, they're actually, the first two are marketing. So the most recent one, if you're if you're looking at ways at raising your visibility in the marketplace, visibility marketing is a great book for that. But the new one, why customers leave is really, it, it's it's almost a rant. It's all the things when I when I have friends and colleagues and others who've read it, they said they were nodding the whole time, going, "Oh, I hate it when they do that. I hate that." And and the point is that businesses, in an effort to be predictable in their customer path and predictable predictable in terms of their employees' behavior, that we try to standardize everything. Here's here's how we're going to do it every time, right? That we can have some measure of predictability. You know, the interesting thing is we 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 hire staff, we hire yeah. workers, and we look them up online, and we interview them, and we might ask some open-ended questions. Tell me about a difficult situation. Tell me how how did you handle it? And then as soon as we hire them, we neuter them. Now just do it our way. Now here's just do sure. it. don't make any. God forbid you should make a decision because you might make a bad decision. Don't change anything. And the problem is, yeah, there's there's so many things that businesses do that are great for them, but we hate. Like you, you, you buy from somebody, which is you're like literally their, their best customer. Cause you were the one who most recently bought. And then they start flooding you with survey requests, you know, Hey, yeah. please rate your experience. Please fill out this thing. And you don't fill it out. So what do they do? They send you another one. Yep. You don't fill out that. Hey, you forgot to fill out our survey. And now, you know, your experience was fine, but now I'm sorry I ever did business with you because now you're annoying the heck out of me because you're over serving me. These are things that businesses don't think about i mean they're right. thinking like we need to get feedback yep um we can correct problems we can head off people so they don't go on yelp and complain about us but then they overdo it because they automate things so right? get the feedback while you're there right before the job's done and if you or, can i mean is that, is that is that what you're saying is the best yeah sure but, but there's other ways i mean there, there's there's things you can do to make them really happy you ask them say hey listen this job went so well can i take pictures can I share, can we throw a quote on there? This is like literally your, this is a Picasso in the install, <laughs> in the ins, insulation world, yeah. right? And then they're kind of proud. Wow, I guess it did turn out great. You, you just told them how great it was. Or maybe you say, hey, listen, we, we, we would love to, uh, um, if you want to have some friends over for a barbecue or something, we'll, we'll spring for the, the burgers and dogs. You want to show everybody what you did. And we'll give you a 20% commission on any referrals that you make for, for neighbors as well. It's right? like when, when you go on a hunting trip or a fishing trip, sorry to interrupt, but, and you catch, yeah. you catch a nice trout or something. And that guide is like, Hey, do you mind if I get in the picture with you? We're going to put this on the website. Absolutely. Then, you know, they're not blowing smoke yeah. up you. And it's like, Oh, right. this is a good one. <laughs> right. Cause listen, I mean, I work with a lot of, of industries that are not considered sexy, Yeah, you know, Insulation, insulation is is very conspicuous in its absence. You know when your insulation sucks, (laughs) right? But you spend money, you now have insulation, your life's not much different, 
right? It's like having to replace your washing machine after it goes bad. I had a washing machine. Now I have a washing machine again and my life isn't different. Well, the difference is with you guys, your life is different. It is better. It is more energy efficient. It is solving a problem. You just have to remind them that here's what we did for you. Here's where the problem, here's where you were before, here's where you were after, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, And ask for those to, uh, like I said, to refer. Um, and here's out. Let me throw a quick thing in about referrals because I get this dismissive thing all the time. It's saying, listen, you can ask for referrals. It doesn't work. Nobody refers. Um, well, part of it, you can incentivize it. But the other thing is you have to be specific. Because if people say, listen, if you know of any other neighbors or anybody else, you know, here, please give them my card. It doesn't happen. But if you say, listen, can you think of one of your neighbors who maybe has been there for a long time or recently moved into the house or is going through some construction or can you think of, can you give me two names um, of anybody else who lives in this neighborhood? And and can I use your name as a a reference, right? Can I send people, how about this? I love this one. If I talk to others in your neighborhood, can I send them to your house to look at what, what an amazing job so that they could, and people are like, well, yeah, I I guess you can, you know, they're, People pretty proud of their insulation. Um, Ooh, Travis has spray foam in his house. I want that, right? Oh, that is Can some, I come that check that some, out? Yeah, that is sexy spray yeah. foam. <laughs> um, or, or anybody else who's thinking about finishing their basement, yeah. right? Yeah. We got to. I mean, all of those things are finishing their garage. I mean, keep your ears out. Um, in yesteryear, if you did a really good job, what, here's what they said, right? We grew up with this. If you build a better mousetrap, the world will beat a path to your door, right? It's just about being right. really good. Today, you got a warehouse full of mousetraps and somebody overseas knocking them off for 10 cents on the dollar. Yeah. You have to be aggressive. You have to be creative. Here's the other thing. I mean, from a promotional perspective, it's social media and everything else. It's video, 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 video. Show a before and after. So if our customers aren't on social media, are they just way behind the game? They don't exist. Yeah. They don't exist. Like my kids are funny. And I I have like teens in early twenties. Like dad, nobody's on Facebook. I'm like, really? Yeah. Two billion. billion, It's the biggest country in the world. (laughs) You're talking about posting stuff in the way they post, you know, like worthless stuff on snap face and link chat. And and, (laughs) and my kids are like, Oh my God, dad, you don't get it. I said, Oh no, no, no. I teach it. Yeah. I yep. teach it. And I have three times more followers than you. And they're like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing is, is tell those stories, tell success stories, Yeah, do a handheld thing or a selfie stick and say, Hey, let me walk you through this job that we just did. This was actually kind of interesting because here's what we found before. And I think, I don't even know who did the installation originally. It was probably came with the house or somebody did a remodel and literally did not know what they were doing. It was costing these homeowners probably six to $800 a year just from the leakage. Let me tell you what we did. Just tell, walk them through it. Sure. Don't, don't hire a professional video camera yeah. or, or crew. Just do it on your cell phone. We've got, we got high def video. Tell stories. Here's the key in social media. Would you say for, if you want people to be interested, you have to be interesting, be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Would you say for our, our small business, you know, contractors out there, is it more important to be on Facebook or LinkedIn or is there a platform that's better for, for that type of stuff? You know what, it, first and foremost, if you're not on LinkedIn, you don't exist. Okay. Everybody is going to, to look you up before they hire you. Everybody, everybody looks up. We're not just looking up old girlfriends and boyfriends and, and person that we talked to on the phone to see if they're, if they're really cute. Everybody will look to see if you're legit. They will look up, they'll look for bad reviews online. So you gotta be cognizant of what's there and what isn't. If things, if somebody puts a bad review, you gotta respond to them, make a deal with them. If you go back and do X and Y, would you agree to take down your negative review? Right? People don't think about that. They think, oh, this person, and I'm gonna respond and say, they don't know what they're talking about. I gave them 15 different times and they're still, reach out to them, try and make them okay. Do you leave the negative reviews up and how, you know, the correspondence with how you solved it and offered to solve it, or do you want that negative review off? Oh, you, you have no, unless it's on your site. I mean, first of all, you at the basic review sites, you have no control over what stays and what, what sure. isn't, but like on your, on your social media, do not believe anybody that says your social media is an open forum. And there's a first amendment. That's crap. It is your front porch. Sure. It is your yeah. website. I don't allow anybody putting negative stuff on my social media. I delete that stuff. Anybody puts political arguments. I have political views. I don't share yeah. them online. Yep. 
I don't, I don't make enough money that I can afford to piss off half of my prospective <laughs> customers. So I would encourage people, social media, answer your question. If you're not on LinkedIn, you don't exist. You gotta be on LinkedIn. And then you look at where, I mean, young people are probably much more on, on Instagram right now than they are Facebook, but the people with money who are insulating their houses are on Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but here's the thing is once again, if you want people to be interested, be interesting, tell stories. Do profiles of, of, of staff, um, show a community service project that your your team is working on, right? All sure. things being equal, I'm gonna work with somebody who is, who is community-minded. Yeah. You know, so I, you have to be there. And if this, is, if this is stressful for you, just deputize one of the millennials on your team, find a propeller head who knows what they're doing, us <laughs> old people understand what that means, and, um, and, and post. You don't have to post every day, but post videos. Yeah. Show success stories, um, put on testimonials of people saying, this was awesome, right? Right, right. Don't, don't make them so formal. Perfect. Well, no. I think that was great. I got nothing else, gentlemen. I appreciate it. out. Worry we out. have cured cancer here today on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you so much. Um, yeah. Again, David Averin, um, author of the three books we've mentioned. Um, where can they go online to find you? Sure. If they want to learn more about me, um, my speaking consulting, I love to go into organizations and, and help work with them as well. If you go to visibilityinternational.com, you can learn about me. It's got the books. You can watch a preview video and other things as well. And then go to my podcast. Yes. Very visible business podcast. There you go. Very good. Well, thank you so much. We'll have all the links in the, the subscriptions and everything. Um, and again, thank you for the time. Really appreciate it. This has been a presentation of the Seller Die Network. For more podcasts that you can take out into the street and turn into money, visit SellerDieNetwork.com.